You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room. And uh, we are welcoming Bruce Gradkowski uh, from Dormont. And uh, he had a long career. And uh, he's a great player. And uh, we, we want to welcome him. Uh, Brucey, how you doing? Guys, my favorite guys, my favorite time of the week. <laughs> so good to be with you, too. You know, it's so much fun, Bruce. So for one thing I got to ask you, were you a ball player? I mean, a baseball player? I was. I was. Growing up, I was a three-sport athlete, basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, until I got to high school, I focused on basketball and football, but... I was uh, maybe I should have stuck with baseball. Maybe I'd still be playing. <laughs> See, I was a horrible baseball player. I couldn't hit the <laughs> I couldn't hit the fastball. I couldn't hit the curve. Couldn't hit the changeup. I couldn't. You know, I I was just I was really bad. <laughs> well, that, that's why I stopped playing before they got into all that. You know, the the curves and changeups and uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? I don't think baseball is my sport. It's a little, it's a little boring to me. But then I look at Bobby Bonilla, how he's sitting back. So right, so right. That's not a bad gig. <laughs> I realized my giftedness lay in the fact I couldn't hit anything yeah. smaller than a person. Hey, uh, hey. <laughs> that's about it. Hey, Brucey, you played for Jay Gruden. Uh, what kind of coach is he? You know, he he's a player's coach. Like, he's a guy, he's easy to be around. Um, him and his brother are different. You know, both love football. Jay uh, – was a player you know he played he had a lot of success in the arena league coaching the arena league was a head coach there head coach throughout you know the nfl as you've seen with washington and so forth and then as an offense coordinator i feel like he lets the guys around develop right he's not going to be such a stickler on details but he is a, a player's type coach he's going to ask you what you like to run what you're comfortable with and try to set the game plan up around you he's going to give you opportunities to check in and out of plays um, and I think I think Mike Tomlin has a good feel on what kind of system they try to run. You know that West Coast try to throw off their timing and rhythm. Um, and if they could do that to Jake Luton, I think they'll be just fine. I mean, he's been a little inaccurate the last few weeks. Uh, he's not the most athletic to get out of pressure. So I kind of feel like this fits right into what the Steelers want to do. What speaking of Jay uh, of Jay Gruden, how much leeway do you think he's going to give to this young guy? With a defense that's a high intensity, come after you, um, you know, ninety-two quarterback pressures, thirty-six sacks. How much do you think he's yeah. going to give this kid, a, you know, a leeway as far as checking in and out of plays? I mean, I think he'll have some leeway. I think in that system with John Gruden as well, uh, you always have a little toolbox full of plays you could get to versus certain blitzes or certain coverages. If you don't think your protection will hold up against a certain blitz, you know, you could check out of it, get this certain route combination, hand signal in that, that sense. I'm sure he's giving him a little leeway, probably not the playbook, you know, that he ran with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati and things of that sort, but I'm sure there's some some protections he could get to if he's unsure if they could pick up the blitz. So if I'm Mike Tomlin, I stack the box. I make it look like I'm bringing a ton of guys make him audible to get to safe protection and then just drop out of there and play coverage. Mm. Oh man. Uh, so uh, you, you, you like Jake uh, Luton and, uh, but he's been uh, inconsistent uh, when he played for the bears, when he played uh, against the bears. 
Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know, I liked him coming out of college. I thought he had a good release, solid quarterback, seemed accurate. But I feel like he struggled in the recent weeks. You know, I just feel like I didn't realize maybe his arm strength isn't what I thought it would be. Um, you know, he kind of, um, you know, he's been missing his targets. And then, you know, athletically, he's not really getting out of harm's way. Um, you know, so in a sense, I feel like this does play into like, you know, the Steelers' strengths. You know, just getting after the quarterback, they don't have to blitz a ton of guys. And just relying on your front four or maybe blitz one extra guy and, and rush five and just win those one-on-one matchups, be in tight coverage, mm. and make him make some accurate throws. Now let me ask you, what did you think about James Robinson? This guy is kind of a a, phenomen- a phenom-type guy. I mean, he comes out of nowhere, that right. being Illinois State. I guess people in the know say that everybody knew. But you get undrafted, and you're like, oh, well, if everybody knew, then how did, how did nobody draft him? Illinois yeah. State. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, how, you know, how does he get to this point? But that's why we love these stories, right? We, you know, it, it's hard to evaluate everyone. And then it's also a matter of team needs at the time. So as the draft goes by, teams are like, ah, we could use an extra tight end. Ah, we can use an extra alignment. Ah, we can use an extra receiver when it gets late in the draft. And the Jaguars found into a great little young player that he's doing really well. He's taking care of business. He, you know, he's a, you know, he, he can put one foot in the ground, get vertical. I mean, just a, a good runner. And I think that's honestly that's the highlight of that offense right now. So if the Steelers can kind of bottle him up, um, I think it'll be a long day for the Jaguars. I find it's interesting that this kid Robinson is is uh, lead is setting a record, an NFL record, through ten weeks for the greatest amount of rushing yards by an undrafted rookie. I mean, it's just funny in the year 2020 that some kid comes out of nowhere and he's got (laughs) the fifth most rushing yards in the NFL, but the most by an undrafted rookie through 10, now through 10 weeks. So we're only talking just, you know, cresting the halfway point, but still this kid has got something to him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you don't just kind of jump onto the scene, rush for that many yards and it's just being luck, you know? So, he is doing a good job. I mean, his his overall, he's 11th for us in, in you know, graying out with uh, rushing stats with the halfbacks through the NFL. So, and probably like the top 10. And, you know, so that's impressive, man. I mean, to be an undrafted guy coming to make the impact he's making. And I think, you know, you guys know Tomlin's big on those type of guys, guys that are mentally tough, guys that, you know, take advantage of opportunities. And that's what James Robinson has done. And that's why you kind of have to, um, you don't want to fear him, but you have to be prepared. Like, he's a guy that's not going to just back down. Uh, And I think it could be a good challenge this weekend for the Steelers' defense to really stop that run and and force them to go through the air. Yeah. Uh, You know, uh, one of the the broadcasters uh, talked about Jake Luton, and he says he climbs the pocket. What does that mean, Uh, uh, yeah, well, Brucey. Yeah, well, when you know when you're uh, in the shotgun and you get the snap, a lot of quarterbacks they'll take their initial drop, right? Well, some don't hit up in that pocket. They don't climb up into the pocket where the integrity of the pocket is. You know, to give your right tackle and left tackle a nice little uh, runaway pass to run the defensive ends wide and outside. And you'll see Justin Herbert at times. He doesn't climb the pocket, right? He drifts back. 
And that, that's what you never want to do. So it's actually a positive how Jake Luton can climb the pocket. He hitches up in the pocket, in the integrity of the pocket. So when you're rushing him as a defensive end, you can't expect him to be back at 10 to 12 yards. He's probably going to be pushed up in there in the integrity to help his offensive line protect more. So maybe you do stunts. Maybe you do, a, 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 you know, your tackle and your, de- your tackle and defensive end. They stunt with each other, get more, try to get more inside pressure on them. Uh, so that could be something that the Steelers think about. You look at this team uh, as far as the front end. I like their offensive line, and one of the things I really love about them is the fact that they, in my mind, these guys come off the ball more, even more than the Tennessee line, which I thought right. was a very physical line. These these guys come off the line, off on the line of scrimmage, more like they did back in the you know the pre millennials, you know the nineties, right. the eighties. Yeah, yeah, back in the days of the old hard hats. <laughs> they, yeah. they they re, they use their hands well. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys are right, and that's a good point. You know, but that's you know that's a compliment, honestly, to Doug Marone. Like, and I get Tomlin's point, right? He's got to crush the Mac this week. Come on, Coach T. You know, but <laughs> I get, I get what I get what he's trying to say. You know, because it is, it's not college football. It's not, you know, you you look at the Big Ten and the Mac. The facilities are different. You know, right? The coaching staff's different. You have, you know, how many more coaches? You have how much more equipment? You have how much more? Uh, money to spend on your football program and stuff like that. So, you know, when you're in the Big Ten, you have second and third stringers that are just as good as your first stringers. And that's where the difference is in the MAC is the backups aren't as strong as you would like. Uh, but when you go to the NFL, man, that's what Tomlin's talking about. These guys get paid. These guys get paid to do a job. They're professionals as well. They have good players. You look at Miles Jack and C.J. Henderson. You know, Miles Jack yeah. is the top five greater for us at PFF. C.J. Henderson, uh, top five rookie cornerback graded for us so far this season. So they do have talent over there, and they're playing hard. You know, you're never going to lay down as a player, as a coach, because you're fighting for your job. You're fighting for that next opportunity. Um, And I think that's where you got to compliment the Jaguars of, you know, how hard they play each and every week. So, you know, they also got a, uh, a great middle linebacker, Joe Schobert. And uh, he's yeah. uh, he's uh, sideline to sideline. Yeah, and and you know, and that causes some issues. You know, in, in the running game, the passing game. It's nowadays you see guys like that that are super valuable that could play against the run and the pass. Uh, and, you know, and that's what he brings. You know, so for the Steelers, everyone wants to say, hey, they got to get you know get the running game established, this and that. But I think I think Ben's done a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quick utilizing his receivers outside. And you guys know sometimes that's an extension of the running game, that quick passing game, those screen passes outside to the wide receiver. Yeah. Get them the ball, get the, the ball in their hands in space, like Deontay Johnson, and watch what he could do. So, um, But I, I would like to see them you know, have a little more production from, from the running game. Uh, so we'll see if they can get that established this week. Let me ask you something, Bruce. Sidney Jones, the one corner that he's got two interceptions, but – uh, last week against uh, the Packers, uh, I, I mean, uh, he got lit up. I mean, he uh, I, f- I forgot who the receiver was. Went like uh, 80, 80 yards on him. And uh, yeah. I, I, I look at it and I go, wow, they got over the top. They stacked him up, and he was in the chase right. mode all, all the way down the field. Well, speaking of chase mode, that's where Chase Claypool comes in. You know, you got to give that guy multiple shots downfield every game. I mean, a guy of his caliber, his speed, his physical – 
uh, ability to go up and get the ball and just, you know, be physical with the catch point, take advantage of that. And I'm sure the Steelers will. You know, I'd like to see the Steelers start out aggressive and take some shots downfield um, in that sense because, like you pointed out, the Packers were able to do that. Sometimes you come into games like this and you try to play too careful, too cautious, too, too much of running the football. Just do what you do and play aggressive, and I think the Steelers can get after them. No doubt in my mind. The other thing that uh, I know you already referenced it, but the lack of rushing attack by the Steelers, um, you think it's critical yet, or you think it's just one of those things you got to wait until that moment when they stop cramming the box, when you've spread them out enough that teams give you the opportunity to run the ball. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I just think, you know, I mean, I think it's important to have some type of running game, but I wouldn't lose sleep over it because I think, with that quick passing game, it helps. I also think it's when you run the football, right? I mean, I think right. if, if you're kind of being uh, multidimensional and then you slip in a run on third down and three or four or five that the, the defense isn't expecting. And so it's kind of knowing when to run it, the right kind of schemes to run and against what kind of front defense. And, and you know, not, fa- not, not facing an uphill battle week in and week out. And so I don't lose sleep over it because I think with Ben in that short, quick passing game, that helps. They also have to make some splash plays downfield. I know Ben was really good last week in the intermediate range, 10, 19 yards thrown. I think he had like 97 yards in the touchdown and three touchdowns. So, you know, he's been throwing well in that, in that area. So I think with the quick passing game and then you get some shots over linebackers, that helps. And then the running game will come. And I think it's important to when you call those runs and how you uh, scheme them up. You know, Bruce, uh, when when Wolf, uh, when you called uh, the two ball, Wolf's been using that two ball. It's part part of my lingo, brother. You're instructing me. I I pick up, I I rip off everybody. (laughs) Hey, man, everyone does in this business, right? I mean, you see it on ESPN. They they, uh, listen to this and that, and then they say that, no, hey, guys, it's, it's all good. It is that two ball, though, Tunch. It's that nice little soft two ball over the linebackers. Not soft enough, not hard enough, just firm enough. A nice little two ball right up in the seam is the perfect ball you want. Let me ask you this now. Randy Feetner referenced Derek Watt and talking about, uh, you know, Derek Watt uh, having some issues in the preseason, had to get cleaned up. He Then he had the hammy. So, you know, using more of the fullback, do you think he's teasing us with a little thought of a little downhill power running, or do you think that uh, that's a reality? Well, I think, you know, you two would love that. I know yeah. that. Um, and it is tough. You know, when you're dealing with some injuries and you're in and out of the lineup and to start the season, especially with no offseason program and your first year in the offense, it's hard, but I also think Ben's best at just spreading them out. Um, but I also think they could they could come in with some you know big packages, utilize that fullback, and have some nice little play action passes off of it. You know, I, I love those type of plays, um, but we'll see. I mean, I think at this point too, you do you try to switch it up. It's mid, you know, more than midway through the season, you try to see what you could do to get the edge week in and week out. Um, so I'd be you know I'll be looking for that for sure. Beautiful. When it's all said and done, when it's uh, the dust has settled down in Jacksonville, what do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Steelers get this one. I, I kind of I was on NFL radio yesterday on my show, and uh, Bruce Murray, my co-host, he was like, 
Yeah, you know, the Steelers, they're, they're 10 and 0 after this week, you know, and he already chalked it up. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, you scare <laughs> me. Don't, don't, don't talk like that. I know I'm not in the locker room anymore, but come on. But I, I think the Steelers do. I think they'll handle their business for the sure standpoint of they'll be able to get pressure on that quarterback. I think, you know, be around him, be in tight coverage, make him make the tough throws, keep them behind the, the, the sticks on down and distances, second and long, third and long, and make them make plays. And then on the offensive side of the ball, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, Ben's been playing efficient. He's been pre- protecting the football. Um, I know they have they would always like to play better, and that's the goal. Uh, but just be smart. Play all three phases of the game, and I think the Steelers come away with this one big. All right. Thank uh, you, Bruce. Bruce Gretkowski, you have such great insight, and we love you. Appreciate you, bro. Man, Thanks you, for coming in, man. You, Thanks you. You guys are the best. Love you guys. Have a good weekend. All right. All right. Oh, Say I, I got to read this. I got to read his. I got to read his yeah, thing. Okay. Yeah. Subscribe to SiriusXM's best package. All access and get your first six months for fifty bucks. Fees and taxes apply. See offer details at Sirius. XM.com slash scouting. And that was Bruce Gradkowski. We had to. You didn't. Re- you didn't bring it uh, for the first time. What's that? You didn't bring it uh, when he uh, showed up. I know. That's why I had to do it at the end because we got to have the big G back. All right. We'll be back with more. Tunch and Wolf in the locker room.